Zedheads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. And this is The Walking Dead cast episode 315. First of all, welcome back, Karen. It's been a while. <laughs> Thanks. Glad to Glad have to you back. Here. We just finished podcasting for an hour because it's our annual Walking Dead crossover, uh, wrap up crossover with The Talking Dead. And we have Chris and Jason here. Welcome, you guys. Hey. hey. Thank you very much for having us. This is super fun, as we just finished saying on the other show. Yeah, always. <laughs> as always. Yeah. Just go back and listen to that if you want to know how fun it was. Um, this is part two. For part one, you can go to, what's your URL? I always get it wrong. TalkingDeadPodcast.com. TalkingDeadPodcast.com. Because if you listen to these out of order, then it probably won't make any difference at all. So <laughs> just listen to both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we did our, uh, we're talking about Walking Dead season eight, of course. We're doing a top six countdown. So we did six, five, and four on the Talking Dead. Now we're about to do three, two, one. And as always, we'll let the guests go first. Chris or Jason, which one of you would like to go first? I'll go. Go for I'll it. Go. So I want to start off by talking a little bit about Simon <laughs> and Stephen Ogg and how I have such a huge man crush on this guy. He is a Canadian wonderful actor from Canada, and he took five years off of acting to build a house. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And so I, every moment that he was on screen for me was an absolute joy. He's a bad guy. We know he's a bad guy. He's even a bad savior. Because he went and he killed all the scavengers uh, expressly against Negan's wishes. And he knew that he was doing that. And at the first chance uh, he had where he thought Negan was dead, he decided to take over and do his own thing. Uh, and I just, I wanted to say that uh, Stephen Hogg is awesome. Simon is awesome. And uh, he is going to be sorely, sorely missed by me. Well, you can go over and see him in Westworld. I I did know he was in, I watched him in the first season of Westworld. I haven't yet watched the second season of Westworld, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Is he, is he in that more than he was in the first season? Not much. Not so far. There's less, a great yeah. moment. There's a great moment with him. Yep. I, I wish yep. I could talk about it, but I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> I know exactly funny. what you're talking about, and that is a great moment. I just wish I could understand the rest of the show. <laughs> You, hey, there's a good podcast out there for I that. know, I know, and I listen <laughs> to it. I listen to that one and, a, and another one. And it's tough, man. I don't know really if I tough. can follow the friggin' season, and I even have trouble now. It's it's almost right. impenetrably complicated in season two, yeah. so. It's ridiculous. Just let it wash over yeah. you. Yeah, you're right. It's still good. Maybe it's one of those things, like uh, have, you, have you all been, is it over? Is the first season over? Can you binge it yet? Season yeah. two? You mean? Season one's season over. Two. Season yeah. two, season they got two more left to go. Right. Okay. So, and you've all been watching them week to week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
It so helps to have a podcast a, on it. I mean, if I didn't, <laughs> I would not understand anything. Now I, I'm getting like 20%. So. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah. good. Maybe it's the kind of thing you need to watch, uh, you know, binge watch after I think so. watching it uh, yeah. the first time. That probably will help. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, rewatching it helps. Season one, if you rewatch that, it's almost a whole different show. Yep. Because of things that you learn at the end. But we're, we're getting a little too far down this road, I feel like. <laughs> Stephen Ogg, good. Simon, good. Bye, Simon. I want to say about Stephen Ogg that uh, I also think he's awesome. And he was well known for playing this character, Trevor, in Grand Theft Auto V, where he was a total psycho. <laughs> yeah. And then he played this guy. And so he's been coming to Walker Stalker Con. And I, I think I subconsciously deliberately didn't schedule any panels with him for a while because I was intimidated by his psychoticness and then I was like oh, we do this thing called Pictionary or uh, Sictionary where we pit Walking Dead actors against each other and they draw you know it's really fun and so we had him on for that and I'm like uh, what's he going to be like is he going to be all grumpy or something he comes on he's drawing really funny and he's having a blast and he looked over me at one point with a big smile on his face and not even on mic and goes I love this. This is so much fun. <laughs> How can he not oh, be a sweetheart? Yeah. He absolutely has to be a sweetheart. Uh, time for Stephen he, Ogg to do a romantic comedy. He's a little eccentric. I mean, there were, then I did do some panels with him after that, and he seemed a bit aloof at times. Uh, you, you don't quite know what you're going to get, but I, I love the guy. And yeah, he was also one of those guys that I talked to after he knew that Simon was gone, but, but we didn't yet. And you could mm-hmm. tell that he was a little different that day. I can totally see being a bit intimidated by him. There's a few actors, you know, I've been on stage with a few of the big actors uh, and it's always been pretty comfortable, but there's a few of them that just would make me super nervous to be up there with because you never know what might come out of their mouth or what might happen. And Stephen Hogg's <laughs> probably one of them, but I have been in the same room as him. I haven't really met the guy, but he seems pretty cool just hanging around in yeah, the, he's you know, cool. behind, behind the scenes and stuff. So. And I and it, we've got to mention that I think it was awesome how he did his zombie self, his walker self, uh-huh. unlike any other walker. I mean, he still was imbued with the essence of Simon, I would say. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was. Yep. It was definitely Walker Simon, you know, mm-hmm. and that was that was Big really smile good. and kind of crazy. <laughs> the, the only the only mitigating factor to my sorrow for uh, Simon being killed off and Stephen Ogg leaving the show is that uh, Garrett Dillahunt is now on Fear the Walking Dead and I can successfully trans- transfer my man crush over to him. <laughs> uh, John Dory is uh, is the best and it makes me feel better that uh, he's on the show. As long oh, as there's wonderful. one. Right, as yeah, long as there's got to be somebody. <laughs> right? You lose the mustache though, Jason. Ah, I can live without the mustache, but oh. not, you know, Stephen Ogg has to have the mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, Chris, I'm Uh, sorry. I think it's Chris. Well, I'm going to start with maybe a little bit of a weird one here that's a little bit more about the marketing of the show than than the show itself, because I think AMC has been doing some weird things lately when they're promoting The Walking Dead. And most of it revolves around um, directly teasing things or even straight up like spoiling stuff, uh, telling us things that we should expect on the show and this doesn't seem like the kind of thing they they did in years past 
Uh, they just kind of put out the show and they let it happen. Obviously, there are teasers and trailers and things like that, but it was always very, here's some footage and we're going to try to confuse you and there's no context. So, you know, that's what a, that's what a teaser should be, kind of. Um, but now, and with season eight, they've, they've taken that a little step further and I, I don't really like it, to be honest with you. I think it's weird. So I have a few examples. Um, before the... Uh, mid-season finale where they reveal that Carl got bit they teased quote a moment everyone will be talking about and you won't want to miss it um they they really pushed that they teased it on their talking dead show and in video promos and in like the next week on promos and stuff like that and I realize not everyone watches those or has to watch them but I don't feel like that's the kind of thing they were doing five years ago they weren't saying you know there's this huge shocking moment that you have to see so tune in and so on um and then the whole crossover thing with Morgan going to fear they straight up told us that they were going to do a crossover first of all and then they straight up revealed who it was going to be. There was no surprise left about the character that was going over. We found out that it was Morgan, uh, again, on, on Talking Dead. And I couldn't help but think, man, oh man, how insane would it have been if if they just let that happen? And they didn't tease it, and they just went on. And maybe that's a little unrealistic on my, you know, from my part, but I think it would have been super surprising and just really blown me away if they hadn't mentioned that at all. Um, and then this is maybe slightly less, but I'm pretty sure they teased the return of Morales too. They, they didn't just let that happen in the episode and sure he was only there for a few minutes and then he got killed by Daryl. But again, <laughs> it would have been a fun surprise that, that he would have just shown up and everyone was like, oh my God, it's him again. Or at least we would have, because I think most of the audience probably long forgot who Morales was. But uh, Do you think that, that part of the reason they did it that way was because the ratings have been so sucky this season? Well, and you know, so they were just trying to get as many people to tune in as possible. You know, it could be something like that. You know, if, if people are leaving and people are disappearing from the show, they're trying anything they can to to get them to stick around or come back to the show and kind of get sucked yeah. in again, you know? Um, if you're an executive on the show, you have to weigh the... Um, benefits of having something be a surprise and i agree with you chris i think it would be more it would be better for us it would be more impactful and amazing if we didn't have any clue but if i was an executive i would probably do the same thing and no. tease morgan yeah. going over and i also just want to mention the ratings you might call sucky because they definitely have gone down but also i still think that uh the walking dead and even fear the walking dead are the two highest rated dramas on cable right now even with their drop in ratings i think maybe not fear but definitely the walking dead yeah the number of of eyeballs on walking dead is like half of what it used to be and it's it's yeah. only a third of what it's like peak was right um, but so, it's still like the highest rated, right? But it's still the highest rated show. So, I mean, I guess they're looking at the trend and and yeah, um, right rather than the actual numbers, which is trying to which stop is it. smart trying to stop it. But yeah, but but I just think like fine tease a crossover, and I I do think that was more about fear though than than Walking Dead. It was yeah. right, but but why do they have to tell us who it is? Like. You know, they they could have let at least part of the surprise come out. So, well, I think one reason why they told us is because there have been so many people going out and filming uh, and le leaking, mm. going out and filming. And I think um, Lenny James was in Texas all of a sudden and they didn't 
want, they wanted to get ahead of it. I think, I don't know. Maybe I just assumed that, but oh, it's so hard to keep things secret yeah. in yeah. this day and age. So they wanted to like give, if it's going to be leaked, they wanted to do it in a way that would be the highest impact. I mean, it sucks that that's the reality, but I think that's what happened. <laughs> so I you're saying, right. you're saying it's our fault. It's the fans fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's certain websites that just specialize in I know. spoiling walking. Dead. Well, you, you can't blame the executives, no. right? <laughs> It's never their fault. No, no, it can't be their fault. No, but I want to give us credit because we talk about little things that are upcoming, but I think both of us, if we learn something huge, like if a script leaks or something, we're not going to talk about that. No, no, I don't no, even, we never do. I don't even read it. If, if a script or something came out, I would stay away from it because part of the job of doing this podcast is just that there are going to be some spoilers. I realized that a long time ago, I'm going to know right. things about the show that not everyone is, but I also go out of my way to try to avoid them. And I certainly go out of my way to try to try not to uh, spread them around. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we yeah. do, we do give out spoiler warnings. Even every time we talk about the comic book, Chris, you put out a, you say a, a, a spoiler warning. I try to. Yeah. I, I, I spoil this, the shit out of all other stuff, but I don't spoil this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird because when you're podcasting, I mean, I think of, it's kind of funny, but I think of this stuff like a big sheet of bubble wrap, you know, that you pop uh -huh. and it's so satisfying. But if you pop all the bubble wrap, then before you even watch the show, then it's there's nothing left so yeah. you have to kind of go around the fringes a little bit just to kind of stoke the excitement but leave most of the pleasure for when you're actually <laughs> watching the show yeah a, a big right. sheet of bubble wrap that's fun a, a plain uh you know boring sheet of plastic that's not fun. <laughs> that's, just throw it away <laughs> just throw it's just <laughs> garbage yeah. Make a dress Karen out enjoys of it. it. Oh. <laughs> Make a dress out of it. That's a little uh, transparent, maybe. <laughs> I'm just yeah. trying to think of fun things to do with it. Sure, sure. Why not? Make a dress out Bubble of it. Bubble wrap comes in different colors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty translucent. You layer that stuff, you're good. <laughs> okay, Karen. All right. So, my number, what are we at? Three, technically mm -hmm. three? Yes. Okay. I'm going to talk about the season finale. I loved the finale, and I haven't loved many episodes this last season. I thought the finale was great. Um, it felt really good to get some resolution. So, phew, mm -hmm. um, mainly because <laughs> I've been so frustrated at this. It it really felt like, and this is here's my nitpick for, or maybe one of my nitpicks for um, this episode is that it really felt like they they took the story and dragged it on for three seasons. Um, probably because they dragged the story on for three seasons. So <laughs> um, war is over. Yay. So maybe we can get some other stories. Um, but I liked I liked some of the stories within the season finale, including I loved Eugene, who is like the saboteur. Um, I thought it was his long uh, overdue res uh, redemption. And so that was nice. I liked that the Oceanside folks came and, um, you know, last we saw them, things were getting weird with Aaron in the forest. And um, <laughs> turns out he's pretty good with uh, the explanation and he's very persuasive, evidently, because they were there helping out. I love that Negan was stopped. Huzzah. Yay. Or at least captured. I mean, who knows what's going to happen next, but at least he's been captured. I have the feeling there's more, more to be said on that front. And I like the rebuilding. They ended it on this hopeful note. The scenes of like Terra and all the eggs that were stacked up. They must have uh, just a 
buttload of chickens <laughs> because those are a lot of eggs. Um, and windmills, yay! And Father Gabriel rebuilding the church. Uh, I, you know, I make no secret about the fact that I love the home improvement shows, so it'd be super fun to get some of that. Um, that scratches a very particular itch for me, and I like it. So there you are. The uh, Walking Dead, love it or list it. <laughs> so you mentioned that the season... Uh, you didn't like a lot of the season after going over it for this, uh, these, you know, rewatch podcasts. Did you change your impression at all? I mean, you probably like me I just mean, went over your notes, right? I didn't go back and watch the whole thing over cause we already saw each episode twice, but you kind of get a f- feel for yeah. the whole season just going back. There are moments of the season that are great. Really. There are moments of the season that I really, really, really enjoyed. But in general, I felt like I was just done with the storyline. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, me too. And, and so with the season finale, I feel like we're, it, we're moving on. Move it on. Mm-hmm. It's good. But I mean, I'm glad too that they, as far as I'm concerned, they pretty much stuck the landing to that after all this buildup for, I think it was actually like two and a half years, they uh, really dealt with, they ended it well. Yeah. Right. If yes. they hadn't stuck the landing, then it would really feel like, oh my God, all of that for this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And they end, and it was a good episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it felt good. I mean, it was kind of bad for the saviors, but we good for us. And actually, even not even yeah. not even that bad for the saviors, honestly, because Negan's out of there, Simon's out of there, and they're going to have to figure out how to how to go forward right. after this but i want most of the saviors if they're going to be realistic they should all be missing at least three or four fingers each and then <laughs> oh yeah a couple <laughs> noses here and there yeah. <laughs> okay right i agree okay. that the season finale was was really good and that they they finally wrapped it up pretty well just on the eugene thing though um as much as i enjoyed seeing that and i really liked it i did think it was a little predictable or maybe that's only because I sort of predicted what was going to happen, but, but they did it in a good way. Like in that, that episode where, uh, uh, who's it? Daryl and Rosita try to capture, uh, Eugene and take him back. And the conversations they had while they were on the road about, um, doing something useful with your pathetic life. And then, and then having Eugene use that same line later on when he's back in the bullet factory, I thought those were all really sort of neat little bits that they did that uh, that worked really well. And that's kind of what led me to figure out what was going on. But I didn't mind yeah. because it was it was kind of fun. It was mm-hmm. it was a reveal that that they they teased a bit and uh, and I figured it out. And I'm, I'm sure lots of people did. But um, so it was it was OK. I, I enjoyed all that. And I enjoyed the season finale quite a bit, too. And here we are going into a new season with a new showrunner and um all kinds of promise and and uh uh you know a little little teases here and there of what's to come but not too much so it's good i, yeah. I also i think the uh, the finale was really well done the the thing that really got me in the finale was the final scene the scene where uh rick is taking a walk with his younger son carl down the uh, down the path mm. that really uh it actually it choked me up uh, me yeah. too. Uh, during that, I have just... sons too, and I know you do. And yeah, uh, Chris has it... daughters, so he didn't really care. I, I didn't get it at all. No, <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what it's like to walk 
with a little. It's boy. it's very personal. <laughs> it's very personal for me because you know you have uh, you know have Rick and uh, walking with his younger son, knowing full well that his son had died, and that uh, that was a you know a happy memory in a in a horrible situation. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was very personal for me and it, it chokes me up, it choked me up. And I was, I, it's on my list here and I was hoping that somebody would bring it up because if I had to bring it up, uh, you know, on my own, I'm, I'm actually worried about talking about this topic <laughs> and, uh, uh, making sure that I don't get all choked up and break down. No, so, you should. Okay. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, so yeah, very personal scene for me and absolutely fantastic and, uh, and you know, joyful and heartbreaking all at the same time. It was such a nice, nice shot. Yeah, and they got a kid. I mean, I don't know how hard it is to get a little boy that looks like Carl from behind, but it yeah. seemed like him. It really did yeah. look like him. Yeah, they did a good sweet. job on that. I, you know, uh, am I remembering? I'm sorry, I didn't go back and rewatch the entire season, but am I remembering it right? Where they showed the giant zombie horde on the horizon? Yes. At the yeah. end. Yeah. Okay. Rick was saying, you know, we shouldn't Biggest be fighting. Ever seen. We shouldn't be fighting against each other. We need to prepare for that. And he points out to the massive horde in the valley there. So, got um, it. Yeah, it's either gonna just pass them by and they'll never bring it up again, or it's gonna be a big part of season nine. <laughs> you mentioned uh, Eugene. I, I continued to like that he was a cowardly traitor all season, just because it wouldn't. I think it would be boring if everyone was just a hero. And I also think it goes along with his personality of staying safe and not sticking his neck out. But what kind of surprised me is he was kind of an asshole boss, just being a dick to everybody (laughs) that was under his watch, you know? And he like, he's like, Hey, if I'm going to be in this situation, I'm going to take advantage. I don't know. It was really fun to watch. And, uh, I would have liked to have seen a scene between Jared and Eugene to see how they would interact. Oh, they they would have butted heads for sure. But I think yeah. Eugene, I think it's the first time he's ever been in a position of, of power a little bit. And I think it went to his head kind of. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that was fun. And then, yeah, I was waiting for him to try. You said long overdue and I think that's right, but I think it actually made it that much sweeter that it took too, it took so long, but what it took was Rosita kind of shaming him into mm-hmm. it. You, you turned your back on the only friends you ever had. And he's like, Oh yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Good point there. Rosita. I, I have the complete opposite opinion of, uh, of Eugene. Well, it's not complete opposite, but I really didn't want him to be, be a good guy again. I wanted him to stay. And I understand that his character, and it makes perfect sense within Eugene's, uh, you know, character to just latch onto whoever he sees as the strongest group and the, has the biggest chance for him to survive. But I really wanted him to be a bad guy mm-hmm. uh, and remain a bad guy because we haven't seen that before. As far as I know, yeah. we've seen bad guys go good and stay good, but we've never seen a good person or on, you know, somebody that's on our team go bad and stay that way. Oh yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, I I almost feel the same way. I mean, I'm kind of on the fence because it was very satisfying to see what happened. But I think I I agree with you for the most part. Okay, is it my turn, I think? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So my number three is is notable deaths because there were it was war. And I think I don't know. I wonder if there was more death in this season than any time. Any other season? Hmm. I, that's hard to say, but I have a list of, of some people here. There was Carl, which we've talked a lot about. Shiva, uh, Morales, who I think that's kind of, uh, this is probably kind of cold, but it's it's darkly funny that 
he <laughs> wanted to come back and play this role again. And what was that phone call like? Yay, we want you to come back for one episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one and then you'll scene, never come back yeah. again. <laughs> one scene. <laughs> yeah, one scene. Uh, Eric, that was oh, yeah. s- sad oh, yeah. and uh, good. well done. Yeah. I, I still feel like it's a little weird of Aaron to let Eric walk off as a zombie given Mm -hmm. that it's right around the same time we meet Sadiq who's talking about killing them to free their souls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like they wanted to have that shot of him ambling away, which was really nice, but I'm like, dude, I think you should kill him just in case. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There was Natanya, leader of the Oceansiders, killed by Enid. There was this guy, Neil, who was a red shirt sitting in the back seat when Simon confronted Jesus and Maggie and had uh, Jerry... As soon as he spoke, I felt like he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, that guy's dead. Uh, there was Gavin, <laughs> shanked by Henry, which is rough. Mm. And, and I really like uh, his character and that uh, he he seemed like the one who might flip because he seemed to be doing that job reluctantly. But then that he, when given the chance, didn't take it because he was just too afraid. And I, I like that whole thing. And I think the actor's great, Jason Warner-Smith. There was Tobin, who I've told said already. I, I freaking loved what they did with him. Uh, Jared, who I also love because he's such a weasel, and every time you see him, he's doing the most annoying thing possible. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really fun. But I thought he died pretty much the way he deserved to, being held while the zombies eat him from behind. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, Simon, who yeah, I was also sad to see go, but. It, it's kind of cool to see him and Negan in a in a fight man man to man and being the best zombie ever and then here's just a list of more that we know the names of Andy Freddie Dino Mara Nelson Francine Todd Daniel Rudy Alvaro Gunther Joey Yago Leo Zia Dean Brian Tamiel Dr. Harlan Carson Derek Kurt Kevin Dana Wesley Katie Bruce Evan Riley Gary Lance and Duke Wow. You know what this is kind of like at the end of the uh, our podcast when you say, uh, don't get bit, blah, 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 blah. Right. It's like that. All those guys. Well, yes. most of them got shot, but yeah. And most of, <laughs> yeah. Most of them are saviors, right? Most of them? Yeah. Well, no, a lot of them are um, hilltoppers. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Uh, even some Alexandrians in there. Yeah. I think and there's some, uh, uh, what do you call it? Garbage people. Kingdom, yeah. Yeah. A lot of garbage people went in the um mm-hmm. in the chopper. I think the only one that had names or a name was Tamiel. Maybe there were more, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's right. Uh, they were the notable ones from the the garbage group there. But Simon shot them all down, so <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's that's Simon for you. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Simon. <laughs> Simon, you nut. All right. We're going to interrupt with a sponsor this week. I just went camping. I took a ton of photos and most of them turn out like all our photos, I think, unless you're particularly talented, anywhere from really bad to pretty good. But occasionally I'll look at one and I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. And so we went to Angel Island, which I'd never been to before. Have you been there? Karen? I love it so, so much nice. there. Yeah, you hike and there's yeah. uh, cool stuff to explore and old buildings. It's really neat. Yeah. It's, it's it's our um it's um our Ellis Island. There it was like a military outpost, and so there's these old 
cement abandoned cement structures that you can go in these tunnels and it's kind of creepy and I went in one and turned to see the opening where you could see the light shining through and my son Nico was standing in the doorway but he was just a silhouette and it was really creepy (laughs) and And you took a picture I did and it turned out (laughs) I I, it looks like it's from a magazine and I don't know if I'll have that fractured because it's really creepy but I might it's it's very good that's awesome either way um you know i i'm also today after we finish podcasting going to possibly get a kitten we're gonna go look at kittens <gasps> what finally yeah did you, did you sniff enough and you finally decided <laughs> what kind uh... she means i'm allergic by the way um or, <laughs> well, you're not Jenny smelling too. kittens to choose one <laughs> well we were thinking about that but i learned that you need to spend some time well, there are certain breeds that might be hypoallergenic but you have to spend some time with them. So we're going to have a cat on a trial basis, which is kind of a gamble, but I'm hoping it works out. Uh-huh. Either way, there will be a lot of photo ops, which is which is the point. I think if any of us looked on our photo roll on our camera, on our phone, that we would spot a few that are like, wow, I really, really did well there. And so that's where Fracture comes in because this is the perfect way. It, it's uh, your photos printed on a pane of glass in really vivid cover and ready to hang right out of the box. Best way to display your photos because it's a nice presentation and s- things that you are proud of or you want to remember. It's really easy. You just upload your photo to their website, choose a size and then order it. And that's it. So if you want to get one, go to FractureMe.com slash dead. You get a discount if it's your first Fracture order. Again, that's F-R-A-C-T-U-R-E-M-E dot com slash dead. Thank you, Fracture. Thanks, Fracture. Okay, now where are we? Jason M, number two. Okay, so I want to talk about a particular episode. Uh, Some Guy, episode four. This was the episode where it started with uh, Ezekiel getting into character or getting uh, essentially uh, dressed after a shower. And then the whole uh, episode was about uh, the kingdom. And this is the episode where um, uh, Shiva died and which was very sad. You can shoot 27 people in the head. Nobody gives a shit, but you uh, kick (laughs) a dog and uh, that people just get very upset. So, uh, I really liked this episode, and I really, really liked that it started with uh, with Ezekiel getting uh, essentially into character, and it was all about that. He's uh, he's the theater guy that uh, is putting on this King Ezekiel uh, character, and we see him in essentially the green room uh, or the dressing room getting ready for that, and it was uh, it was very poignant. And it was very important to me to know that uh, he was getting into into this character. And, uh, you know, being a, a performer in, in a previous life, uh, one of the impo- most important things about performing in a show is the quality of the dressing room. Like if you had a nice, quiet <laughs> dressing room where you could spend half an hour before you go on stage to, to get mentally prepared, it's very, very important. So to see him go through that uh, was very meaningful for me. Uh, and then... You know, at the at the end, with most of the people in the in the kingdom dying, or all the uh, his soldiers dying, uh, it was uh, a very sad and uh, important episode for me. Mm-hmm. The whole character of Ezekiel is so great because Kari Payton, who plays him, is he's got this spark of life in his eyes that he, uh, for me anyway, I'm just drawn to. You know, he's so appealing of a guy, and. So you kind of fall, or at least I should talk for myself. I fall, I fall for Ezekiel, even though he's kind of ridiculous the way he's speaking and everything. And you know, it's an act right from the start. 
uh, of sorts and act anyway. And he's putting on a character and then it, it gets so deflated in that episode yet. And yet I smile and then all his men die and his tiger dies and he comes home with his head held low, having to tell everyone else. So, so sad, but then it's about him finding where the real, his real power comes from and how much of that was just an act and how much of it is, is real. So I don't know. I just really enjoyed that whole, I mean, as much as you can enjoy it, Cause some of it was really sad, but I thought it was a great arc with him. Yeah. So good with him. And he does it because he knows that's what the people need, right? They need him to be that guy, to be that kingly character. And, uh, and it's, it's hard for him. And he almost lost it there when, you know, when everyone died and when his tiger died, but just doing it, just the reasons behind him doing it are really noble and really great. And I love, Mm -hmm. I love watching it. And I agree. It was fun to see him get ready like that and prepare for the day kind of thing. So it was, it was really good. Plus I agree about Kari Payton too. That guy loves life more than most people Mm -hmm. I've ever met. And he's, (laughs) he's just so fun and such a great guy in person. I had him do a, a birthday audio recording for one of my kids because she's a massive fan of <laughs> of Cyborg on Teen oh. Titans, which is a, a voice he does. Um, and that, like now she's in love with him. So I got to bring her to a Walker Stalker or something <laughs> and introduce the two at some point because <laughs> that would be great. One time, one thing that surprised me on a panel, somebody asked, not exactly this, but I forget who the characters were, but something like, uh, so if you had to kill Rick or Carol, who would you kill? Uh, and he goes, fuck you, man. Why are you asking me that? <laughs> That's a weird question, to be fair. Like, <laughs> And I was like, well, thanks for the question, though. Yeah. <laughs> that is so great. I ain't killing anybody. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Next. Uh, next me. Okay. I guess. Glad someone's keeping track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> check them out, check off my list here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to just talk about Negan a little bit more because I have never been a huge fan of Negan or I should say maybe the the way Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays him. Um, but that started to change a little bit in season 8 because uh, I think they gave Negan some different kinds of scenes in season eight when he was first introduced it was all about him up in front of people grandstand grandstanding really sort of acting the part and it always came off a little bit cartoony and goofy to me and instead of menacing and threatening and which is crazy because even when he was you know bashing people's heads in with a baseball bat Part of me was like, oh, but he's just so ridiculous. Like, I, I don't know what it is. And that kind of persisted through season seven. But in season eight, I felt like there was still some of that, but they gave him a few different kinds of scenes and we had him in more one on one interactions and maybe in a little bit smaller doses. So um, he wasn't in, up in front of a group of people, a big group of people all the time. And it worked a little bit better for me. I felt like more of the the real guy came out a little bit. Um, And the biggest example of this, I think is in episode five, which was called the big scary you when Negan and father Gabriel are stuck in that trailer. And a good portion of that episode was just the two of them talking. We learn a little bit about both of them, about Negan's past a little bit and a little bit more about what 
uh, Father Gabe went through with his parishioners and stuff like that. And, you know, they both talk about their past sins and they both get a little bit of redemption from them. And for me, this all went a long way to bring Negan back down to earth a bit and humanize him a little bit. We talked on the other half of this podcast about uh, making the saviors in general a little bit more relatable or at least giving us more information about what they were all about. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. And I think they did that with Negan himself a, a little bit better in season eight. So um, I think Negan is a pretty terrible guy most of the time, but I think they made some strides here to uh, just open, open me up personally a little bit to the character. And I was okay with that. And also, um, seeing him in his office there with his like head honchos uh it's a smaller group it showed him doing something other than just grandstanding and putting on this big show for people he was kind (laughs) of he was almost like he was running the business at that point you know he was doing the Mm day-to-day and that that worked a little bit better for me um for negan as a character so i don't know what you guys think but i'm a little bit i weirdly became more on board with negan in season eight than i ever was before before they more or less wrapped up his story at least for now so yeah yeah i i would say i'm more on board as far as appreciating him as a character i would never in real life want to do anything but (laughs) lock him up or kill him well yeah (laughs) right yeah that's what you're saying but yeah i i think they handled him better this season that's basically it the whole thing with gabriel and yeah, I can't argue, no one can argue that he's a, a good guy or a, a nice person, but just the way he was portrayed in season eight, I thought was better. And uh, there, he was a little deeper and there were more sides to him and that's it. But Karen, I bet you still hate him because I know you're not a vegan <laughs> fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in fact, it's my um, uh, number two as well is is the character of Negan. Um, uh, no, I... I, his whole shtick of his uh, backbending. Oh, yeah. And uh, the whole, he was like a big cartoon character. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think they gave us much about him. Um, I'm so, I was sort of surprised they didn't give us more of a backstory. He's been on The Walking Dead for a long time now, and they haven't really gone into his past or they've hinted at it. They've sort of implied a couple things. They've touched on some things, but they haven't really done a deep dive into what makes Negan Negan, as opposed to, say, the governor, Mm. um, which, you know, they they really went a deep dive in the governor. And they gave us backstories about just about everybody else, but they really haven't with Negan. And that's fine. Backstory. Do you remember they had this whole they they had a couple pre apocalypse. They didn't, um, they didn't do anything, I don't think. Well, he had, they had his daughter there, certainly. And uh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the governor's post, daughter. Yeah, that's all post-apocalyptic. I guess, yeah, that's Yeah, well, there he is something. with his daughter. And that's a motivating factor. And the, and mm-hmm. the fact that he lost his wife and his daughter. Got and then it. you see pictures of them. And you understand this is what uh, broke him and made him the person that he is, the broken person that he is. I'm not certain what made Negan so well, broken. They tried because they went into that whole thing about how he wasn't able to kill his zombie wife and he felt guilty about that and weak. Mm-hmm. And so then mm-hmm. after that, he came to the conclusion that the, the way to survive is to be strong and to make other people strong. Yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that—that's what that was for. You—you you didn't think it was enough. I—they touched on it, but yeah, I, you know, just a it bit. didn't. Uh, you know, 
didn't didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Karen, what sorry, what you're saying and and tell me if I'm wrong, but like he was so off the charts ridiculous to begin with that that little bit of story we get later on about his wife and naming the bat after her and all that probably yes. isn't enough to bring it bring it back for him whereas right. the governor wasn't um yes he was psycho and and so on but he he didn't have that ridiculous feeling that that negan did to start with and i think having the governor's daughter there the whole time we actually saw mm-hmm. her that's a little more impactful than a guy just telling a story about not being able to kill his wife and so on. Uh, because who knows if that's even true, right? He's just telling the story. Right. And what I'm worried about for me personally is that, that we're just going to have to put up with Negan for years to come. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's another interesting thing about Negan and where it's going because he's in jail, but I don't feel like the show is going to have Jeffrey Dean Morgan sitting in a jail cell showing up here and there, you know, two or three times a season doing nothing. So he's got to be on the show still. So Uh I'll be surprised if he spends very long in that jail at all. Yeah. Or we're going to have a whole season where we get like five or 10 minutes of him in his jail cell every episode or something. Oh, I, I don't think I, I don't think that's going to work. You know, I, I don't think yeah. that's going to work at all. But we'll when see. also, Karen, when you said the the whole the way he stands and he pushes his pelvis forward and stuff, uh-huh. that that reminded me that part of the reason I liked the uh, the meeting scenes in in the sanctuary is that he was sitting down. <laughs> he, yes, he couldn't do right. that. He was sitting down, and I yeah. wasn't distracted by his pelvis in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, hearing you exactly. talk about Negan made, I think I might've thought this before, but it, it's interesting how some characters on The Walking Dead have this persona, this public face that they put on, but it's not, there's a lot more different things going on underneath like Ezekiel and Carol. Those are the two that really come to mind. Other people yeah. are more straightforward. Like Rick, I would say is what you see is what you get and Michonne. Um, and I think Negan is more in that former category where he's kind of playing a character a lot of the time. And I, I I think he enjoys it. It's not like he's all nervous underneath, but it's still a shtick and occasionally and more this season than ever, we got to see him drop down into a little bit more authentic authenticity maybe. Yeah. 100%. And I don't think it's as deliberate for Negan, right? It's very deliberate for Ezekiel, but Negan just does it and doesn't think about it. And Mm -hmm. if he does think about it, it's that, it's that this is his way of gaining power and retaining power. So, right. um, and, and, you know, he would say he's doing this for the benefit of everyone cause he's saving people. But I, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a, there's a fine line between saving people and oppressing them and saying you're saving. People. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, what, yeah. I mean, he maybe it's like, not a fine line, but it's a, big, it's a difference. Killing somebody, yeah, it's a pretty thick line, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, like humiliating people and ironing their faces and building this harem, that's enough. Th- those things I just said are enough to not be able to excuse anything else that <laughs> right. he ever does. Right. <laughs> don't iron anyone's face. Yeah. <laughs> he threw that guy into the nice. furnace, too. He, rule of thumb. Yeah. He, he irons yeah. them and he burns them alive. My God. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, it's my turn. So let's see. I will say Maggie, who I think had a huge season, and I think Lauren Cohan did really well transforming into this leader. 
making tough decisions and also showing fallibility. And I think it was interesting because really her whole drive is revenge and she's just going pushing towards that at any cost, but still at the same time, she's showing practicality and humanity. She manages to balance that. And as a comic reader, I knew that Maggie was going to step up and be probably be the head of Hilltop because that's what happens in the comic. And I wasn't sure whether Lauren Cohan could pull that off. And after the season, thinking back, I feel like she made me believe it even more than in the comic. She did really good. And I would, you know, if I was part of that group and she was our leader, I think I would just feel totally cool about that. So, so I was really impressed with that. And I think it was a really, really interesting twist when it became apparent that she was so fixated on vengeance that she would even risk her own people's life for it. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was the dark, dark part of it. And then the whole thing at the end where she's screaming uh, when Rick comes back with Negan still alive. He killed Glenn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not over till he's dead. Mm. No. That was so, so hard. And, and Lauren Cohan did such a great job with that. And I just thought, uh, oh man, she's like really gonna have a huge role in the show from now on because of this. And I'm sure that's what she was thinking too, but then there's all <laughs> this more background stuff going on. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, I loved watching Lauren Cohan this year. I didn't actually put her on my list, but uh, she was one of my favorite parts of season eight watching her lead the group there and and you're absolutely right the scene uh when she's screaming at at rick to to kill him was was insane and she did an amazing job in that and you can completely understand why she feels that way yeah glenn man oh absolutely glenn yeah (laughs) um uh but she was she was fantastic and i i guess i'll just say i hope we get lots more maggie in the future (laughs) let's hope more maggie yeah more maggie Okay, uh, Jason. Oh, we're back number to me. One. So this, this is uh, number one. So uh, this one, I'm hoping to get a little bit of help here. I've got a few examples of uh, when the chips are down, we saw people's true selves. And a couple of the, uh, well, I was speaking about Ezekiel before. We know that he's a he's an actor and he's putting on this this character, but his true self came out in, uh, in that episode that I mentioned, uh, Some Guy. Uh, we saw Jadis becoming real after all the the scavengers uh, uh-huh. get killed. She uh, drops her persona altogether. Uh, we know that uh, you know we see Carl's true self in you know him saving Sadiq, and you know even sacrificing himself to save Sadiq, and then uh, writing these letters to try and entice other people to uh, to bring out their true selves. Uh, we see Maggie coming into her own, as you were, as you were saying, Jason, uh, as a leader of the hilltop and still having, you know, vengeance in her heart because Negan is still alive and, uh, talking to, uh, uh, to Jesus and, uh, uh Jesus for some reason. Uh, yeah. Uh, just, I'm not sure why those people were in the room, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it's another one of the nitpicky things. And then we see Simon who is obviously a psychopath that is uh once just wants to kill everybody but he for the entire season seems to be under control and under Negan's control but he, he was not he was uh he was just apparently somewhat uh you know controlled for a while but then uh, his true self came out and i'm hoping that uh, maybe 
you fine folks could come up with some other examples of this, but I just, I, throughout this entire season, we see true selves, uh, mm-hmm. being different than presented selves in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at with Negan a little bit that he would, you would see different sides of him anyway. And I felt like some were more authentic than others and definitely Ezekiel too. And we've had a lot of that with Carol over the, over the time. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but then, then, then there's always like people who are kind of confusing, like Rick has changed so much back and <laughs> forth that I don't know who his true self is. Same with Morgan. Uh, he's kind of flip flopping around a little bit. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's an interesting point though. I hadn't really thought about it like that. A lot of everyone you mentioned is, definitely sort of their true self came out a little bit this season with with rick uh he he has flopped around a bit but i also feel like rick kind of just uh he he is what he is you know um and i don't feel like he is the most complex character on the show, actually, when you list off those other ones, just kind of doing, doing things differently. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, what, what about, that. what about Daryl? Nobody's, nobody's talked about Daryl really at all. <laughs> he didn't have much of a journey this season, did he? <laughs> no, he did no, he not. he was just pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> shot some people out of, you know, pure cold blood. We shot that one guy that Rick said, we're going to give you safe passage. Just tell us what we need to know. And yeah. he said, yeah, sure. I'll here, here's the information. And then, <laughs> then he just shot oh, him. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think like he's so mad and, and, um, yeah, impacted about being held captive and yep. tortured and everything, and so that he's just vengeance driven. I mean, vengeance was a huge part of the season, of course, with Tara yeah. and Daryl and Maggie. Yeah, yeah. Tara is straightforward. You know what you're going to get with Tara, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with with uh, Enid, we still haven't seen her admit that she's a spy. So <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> so her true self is still well hidden, still coming. <laughs> I read this week that she's going to play a bigger part in season nine, and oh, she's good. been she's a been more, moved, a more spyful part, maybe a more spyful part. <laughs> she's taking all Carl's parts. <laughs> yeah, she probably will. Uh, <laughs> I I think I read that she's been officially made a series regular, which good. she's been around for a long time and only had a small part. But yeah, that is good. Yeah, I think she's great. I'm excited. Well, uh, my number one, speaking of Daryl, is uh, sort of related to him, but it's kind of a Simon versus Daryl sort of thing, because I was thinking about the season and I realized that these two were sort of similar in a way. They kind of had similar storylines. Both characters, well, we've talked a lot about how everyone loves Simon and he was amazing, but both characters dissented from their leaders and went against the plan. Daryl drove the truck into the sanctuary when he wasn't supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. And Simon killed all of the scavengers uh, and generally didn't want to save anyone at all, which is not part of Negan's plan or what they were all about. They both of them, Simon and Daryl, tried to recruit others from their group to join their little rebellions. You know, Daryl was trying to get or had uh, Tara on, on board there for a bit. And Simon was, of course, doing that. He was trying to recruit Dwight and so on. Um, and ultimately, they both had physical conflicts with their leader. 
Simon and Negan had a fist fight and Rick and Daryl had a fist fight. And I thought, well, this all parallels each other really interestingly. And I started thinking about it and I realized that I loved watching all this stuff with Simon and I kind of hated watching it all with Daryl for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I, I started wondering why. And all I can think of is... Simon was sort of new and fresh and Stephen Ogg did an amazing job and he was super entertaining and all that worked really well. I think he had some of the best dialogue all season. He did a lot of talking and he was always entertaining in in what he mm-hmm. said. And Stephen Ogg seemed to have so much fun playing that character that it, you couldn't help it sort of rub off a little bit, or at least I couldn't, you know, I, I just got into it and I enjoyed it. And with Daryl, it's kind of old, boring Daryl. He he barely <laughs> he barely factored into many of the episodes. You know, I feel like I couldn't even, you know, list how many episodes he, he was in. I don't know. Uh, he was always mopey. He mumbles everything. He barely says a word <laughs> here and there. And 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 I just didn't get the feeling um, Norman Reedus has any sort of enjoyment playing that character anymore. And maybe that's too much of the character coming through. Cause I'm sure he doesn't mind, but, um, so yeah, so I really loved Simon wasn't so into Daryl, but they kind of had similar plot lines this season. Um, and I just thought that was interesting. So I don't know. Uh, finally with, with Daryl, I still believe there's probably a lot of potential with the character, but, for some reason, they haven't really known what to do with him in a long time. And he's almost been a background character for a few seasons now. God, well, they better figure it out. <laughs> they better figure it out. Yeah. Well, he's... there's rumors that they're giving him $20 million to take over as lead or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. And yeah. I can't even imagine how that's going to work with the way he is right now. So. Tw- $20 million. Oh, shit! <laughs> 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 what were you gonna say? Twenty million would definitely make me less grumpy. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. Yeah, yeah. I I actually don't. I feel like Daryl's one of the characters that I get the least because I know he's been a fan favorite, and then I know that um, people are less excited about him over the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. And he's still at the Walker Shocker Con. He's you know got miles and miles of lines of people waiting to get his autograph for his photo. But, but the fan base has seemed less excited about him. And to me, he, I don't feel like he's that different. I I don't understand what changed really. Like, I don't, I never was super excited about him and I'm still pretty much the same level of excited about him. You know, in the past, I think they've given him some uh, moments of sweetness. And um, I mean, if you'll recall when um, Carol, way back in the day, didn't he bring Carol a flower after she lost... um, Sophia. Sophia. Or when she was looking for her, I think. There was a whole romantic interest between the two of them at some point while they were in the prison. Hinted at it, yeah. And and even if if not romantic, then at least... At least sweet and friendly and flirty and sort Mm -hmm. of he's had these these nice moments. But, you know, he got broken in that prison and uh, listening to Easy Street over and over and over again would break anybody. Let's face it. (laughs) So my guess is that this is completely intentional and they've made him a harder, darker, more broken person because of um, because it fits with his character and what his character went through. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. And he went after Beth too. And I thought that was kind of yeah, a little bit, a little bit sweet, you know, for that oh, guy. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, that um, was, right. Uh, yeah, that was nice. The thing is, though, if he hasn't changed very much, maybe that's the problem. Like we've known mm. him from the beginning, and now he's sort of the same, but his hair is longer and darker, and uh, he's just sort of the same old Daryl. And I think Jason. I think the people at Walker Stalker are there for Norman Reedus. They're not there for Daryl. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> I agree. And yeah. um, that's why he has such massive lineups still. Uh, so, so I don't know. Daryl, there's just something that I don't find interesting about him anymore. Um, but they better figure it out if he's going to be the $20 million <laughs> leading man. Yeah. He's in this <laughs> game. Have you seen... Uh, what's the guy's name a uh, famous game uh, maker from japan is making this weird game called death stranding and they keep showing these weird previews and norman reedus is the star of it oh hideo kojima and uh, it's uh he's like carrying this jar thing with a fetus inside oh. <laughs> yeah. and people can't weird. tell what it's about but the game creator is a genius so hopefully it'll be great it sounds a little weird. Yeah, it's just weird. so weird. I haven't seen that, but mm. if the guy's a genius, he must know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. All right. Where are we? It's Karen, right? Yeah. I'm going to have to say for my number one, I really enjoyed Dwight's journey. Um, I was not a fan of Dwight's until pretty much this season, but this season it all changed for me. I really liked him. And as I mentioned before, I'm a sucker for a really good redemption arc. And I thought this was a good one. And I'll miss Austin Emilio. If he really is gone, I'll miss him. Um, he exited the show and left. And it was very sweet. Daryl, sh- actually, in this, um, to to Austin, or sorry, to Dwight, Daryl sh- showed him compassion in the end. And that was really nice and kind of unexpected. So there's something for Daryl. And when he gave him the truck and said, go find her. I mean, that was really sweet. He uh, went back to the cabin and he found the note that said D honeymoon and then it had the infinity symbol. And I, you know, I'd like to think that he goes and finds Sherry and that they're happy somewhere. I mean, you know, what are the odds? Probably pretty small. It's, it is in fact the walking dead, but still I like that. And it makes me, it makes me happy. I would bet you a beer that we are going to see him uh, again. Really? We're going to see Dwight again. And I think we're going to see Sherry again. Yeah, but yeah, uh, you, come back. you know what? I forgot I'll about take that beer bet. Sure. <laughs> I forgot about that little bit with Daryl there. So I'm glad you reminded me because that is a point for yeah, Daryl. That That's was a good, good moment, too. It, it was, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. for Daryl and Dwight. I agree with you. I thought I'm, Dwight's uh, arc this season was awesome. And I never forget that he was such a dick when he came back because <laughs> he's had such a hard time with Negan and he got ironed, but he decided to come back anyway and be one of his enforcers. And then he really just even worse than Eugene was mean to the people that he dealt with. Um, but then making sandwiches. Yeah. And cutting then in line. He, <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> then he decided, uh, then when, uh, uh, Sherry left, that's, I think when he turned to, yeah. to decided this wasn't the place for him. And so, yeah, we got to see him be a traitor this whole season. And even though a lot of people on our side hated him, he stayed strong with it. And I don't know. I just like the actor too. Austin Emilia did a good yeah. job. Yeah. Did he did yeah. a good job. Yeah. And you know, I, I didn't like the whole swamp crossing scene. I thought that was kind of dumb. But after that, immediately following it is when 
is when Dwight proved himself to Tara, remember, uh, about yep. being on yeah. their side. And I actually really liked that part. I was I was ready for her to kind of, I, I don't know, forgive is the right word, but at least understand that he is actually trying to help and he's he's on their side now. And, and I appreciated mm-hmm. yeah. that bit with him too. I'm liking this season more as we talk it over. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. Good. Funny how I that am. happens. Yeah. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> Okay, I think it's my turn, right? So, hints of the future contained in this season. There's a few, uh, maybe. Carl gives Judith his hat in his death episode and says, before mom died, she told me that I was going to beat this world. I didn't, but you will. I know you will. That's not a very uh, comforting thing to say. (laughs) 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 You know, mom told me this and now I'm dying, but I'm sure you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. She she didn't mean me. She meant you. (laughs) Take my lucky hat. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) But anyways, I think Judith will be important to the series going forward, especially if there's some kind of a time jump or something. Yeah. I think she will. I hope so. We had Alden, you know, the (gasps) nice Mm -hmm. savior dude who's trying to appeal to Maggie and she finally seemed to accept him. And he's reading uh, Georgie's book. What was it called? I forget. Yes. The The How to Build a Windmill. Yeah. (laughs) The key. I think that was the the name. Yeah. (laughs) The subtitle was (laughs) (laughs) How to Generate Energy in Your Zombie Apocalypse (laughs) Compound. (laughs) <laughs> for dummies. Uh, for dummies, so, right. <laughs> so anyways, I have the feeling that he's going to be pushing for that, you know. He's got that attitude and he's going to want uh-huh. to be productive and helpful and not necessarily be so focused on killing Negan like some other person might be. Um, then what else? Negan's in jail. So who knows what that's going to be. But I'm interested to see what's going to happen mm-hmm. with that. It's something different anyway. Uh, Georgie we've already talked about but I'm sure she'll be back and uh, who knows knowing this show she's probably evil as hell or something (laughs) not with a van like that (laughs) yeah probably not yeah with that van she's got to be cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think she is too but I I still think everything's going to somehow go wrong and many people will die (laughs) it is the walking dead Jason (laughs) it is the walking dead and then we have uh, the whole tantalizing thing with Maggie at the end where she's saying Rick was wrong to do what he did Michonne too. So we're going to bide our time, wait for a moment and then we're going to show him. And a lot of people didn't like that moment. It does seem a little extreme, but her whole thing this season was wanted to get wanted to kill Negan for revenge. And Rick is the one who got in the way of that. And now he's got uh, Negan captive. And when she says we're going to show him, that doesn't necessarily mean she's going to kill Rick. No. So I still, I think it might be a little, but it's, it was a good dramatic moment. And, and I think now that Negan is um, under control, they're going to have to find new stories to tell. And maybe this will be something interesting, you know, internal conflict among the people we know versus bringing in some other bad guy. Yep. So it's different. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what will happen. Maybe she means um, uh, we'll show him, meaning like they're going to start to create some sort of um, really nice drawings 
I mean, they didn't say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, take it very literally. Here's Negan uh, hitting Glenn and see his eye popping out. Remember? <laughs> Remember? That was a big That's deal a for me. Drawing. Remember? <laughs> She's got a whiteboard. He's yeah. sitting there in front of the whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they may have telegraphed. I mean, I don't know. It was really interesting to me in episode one when Rick said to Maggie as they were preparing to go out to war, Hilltop's lucky to have you. And then she goes, you showed me how to be someone worth following. And he goes, good. After this, I'm following you. Yeah. And that made me wonder if he knew, uh, if Andrew Lincoln already knew at that point that he was leaving the show and they were trying to set it up for that or something, you know? Maybe. I know. Yeah, maybe. I, I didn't like that scene with between them, uh, or sorry, the scene with Maggie at the end where she was conspiring a little bit. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, actually hearing you talk about it and a little bit of perspective uh, helps a bit. Um but I also can't help but think, knowing what I know now about Andy Lincoln leaving and possibly Lauren Cohan having some issues, I actually think it takes on a whole different, uh, just a whole different meaning now. Yeah. And, and yeah. I feel like there may the first half of next season might be a huge conflict between Maggie and Rick. Right. I think you might be right. Um, yeah. And and we didn't know any of that at the time, or we didn't know either of these people were going anywhere at the time so it's funny how the real world stuff can impact how you feel about something in the show mm-hmm. yeah true and it's unavoidable i wonder if she's gonna finally be pregnant the next time we see her <laughs> god i don't know you know well i wanted to ask you guys what you think the uh possibility of a big jump into time or a time jump into the future is and how long do you think it's going to be and that's sort of one of the things i was thinking about either she's finally gonna look like she's pregnant or the baby's already going to be born (laughs) if we jump way ahead right yeah because uh, i think people know um we're talking about it in the news that you know andrew lincoln has said he's leaving and we know that uh lauren cohan got this abc show so chances are she's not going to be around either uh, yeah past the first half of next season so um i i didn't think about her being pregnant that makes me want there to be a time jump even more because she needs to have that baby and give it to somebody and not lose it. <laughs> right. I would love a time jump. I would love a five-year time jump into the future. I Ooh. think that would be great. And I think it would yeah. be important for the show because uh, you could do things like bring in new characters and get rid of some people if you wanted without any questions asked. Like you don't have to uh, do anything other than, you know, a throwaway one-liner to describe what's going on. Well, yeah, but you might think you can do that but people would ask those questions <laughs> if five if uh, suddenly we're five years in the future and jerry's not around anymore people are going to be pissed well people would be pissed but that's where you have a whole web series uh, that oh. they produce in order to <laughs> describe that kind of stuff adventures of jerry yeah, yeah the adventures oh, I like of it. jerry i like it i'd watch it totally <laughs> <laughs> and his axe <laughs> yeah all right man that's it we don't ever have to think about season eight again done and done we're done check thank you guys Uh, so wait i wanted to ask first um jason if i'm curious if walking dead ends at some point we assume it will at some point then will you keep podcasting about other things or will you wrap it up i've already got some ideas i think Ah. that uh yes i would like to keep podcasting uh i would like to can what i first thing i'd like to do and Chris and I have talked about this is to, to go back and do a retrospective uh, of the entire series. Mm. So 
when I watch television, I watch television kind of weird. Every time a new season of a television show comes out, I usually go back and watch the entire series up to that season. So, uh, for example, Game of Thrones, for the second season, I rewatched the first. For the third season, I watched the first and the second. For the fourth season, I watched the first, second, and third. And I do that for <laughs> everything. I have never rewatched a, a, an episode of The Walking Dead after the couple of times I watch it before the podcast. I And I feel like I'm saving that. Mm. I, I have never gone back. I've never rewatched season one, two, three. They're all kind of vague memories for me at this point. So I think after the, uh, it, when this show does end, it would be sad, but I'd like, first of all, to do a retrospective. And uh, after that, I've, you know, I usually come up with an idea a week of a, uh, a <laughs> podcast idea that probably sucks, but uh, at least it's worth a shot. Cool. I'm glad to hear That's that. really cool. Do you do that same thing with The Simpsons? Oh, I stopped watching The Simpsons a long time ago, and uh, I don't think I'll ever pick it up again. I'm worried about The Simpsons. No, I think they're on like 28 or something. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I feel like, uh, sometimes I feel like, I feel like I should have seen every episode of that. Maybe I'll sit down and watch it. And I think I calculated it out and you'd have to, I think it was only like 10 days straight if you just oh, never that went all? to sleep. <laughs> yeah, well, that's wow. one of the series as to why the uh, the characters are always the same age, is that it's only been 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot done but yeah yeah hey homer went to the moon <laughs> uh, they celebrated halloween 28 times 28 times yep. yeah oh it's a it's kind of a crazy world but uh yeah it's only been 10 days wow <laughs> all right is there anything else you guys want to say before we close it out no not just that this is super fun and, and uh yeah this is it's great and i look forward to season nine and doing this all again next year yeah. that's right thank you fun so man. much for yeah, Thanks, i'm glad guys. you guys are still interested and it was just as fun as ever to have you on so thank you totally thank you <laughs> all right karen and i will be back in just a moment there's more to come so stay with us back and it's time for our next sponsor and that is who texture Yay. so do you like being up on what's going down i know i do so when i'm not listening to podcasts i'm reading magazines such as oh, i don't know entertainment weekly rolling stone the new yorker my favorite sports illustrated people time and outside magazine and you can get all those magazines and much, much more with Texture. Texture is a magazine app that is great for your iPad or your iPhone or whatever, your your phone or your pad, your tablet. Android works too, yeah. Yeah. Um, it offers more than 200 of the best magazines all in one place. And you get complete issues. You get back issues anytime, anywhere, all in one app. So you can stay connected with all of the biggest stories, and there are many of them. And in fact, uh, I recently read a magazine article. I love Outside Magazine. If you haven't read Outside Magazine, they have great writing in there. And I read this uh, article on how to live forever. 
about experimental gene therapy mm-hmm. injections. And um, <laughs> they profile a woman who's 44 years old and is doing this and basically curing death. And I'm fascinated by this recently, mostly because of Westworld. So um, super interesting. You'll have to read the article to find out how it works out. So to start your seven-day free trial, go to texture.com slash deadcast. Why wait to start reading the latest issues of your favorite magazines? Try Texture for free at texture.com slash deadcast. That's texture.com slash deadcast and start your free trial. Thanks, Texture. I see what I'm looking through mine right now, because one thing that I think is cool about it is you can look up by category, not just by magazine. So you can Uh find articles from different magazines. And this one is Weekend Reads. And I see one called Emilia Clark on the messed up Game of Thrones finale. Equal pay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to read that. I don't want I don't want spoilers. I will listen to anything that Emilia Clark has to say. Yeah, she could awesome. she could sit there and read a phone book and I'd be on board. And then right next to that from Smithsonian is an article called Why We Need Mr. Rogers Now More Than Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a documentary on him recently. I want to see that. Very gratifying. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I, I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're... All messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. Okay, some of you guys might have read, and we're not going to dwell on this too much, but there was Chloe Dykstra's Chris Hardwick's ex-girlfriend from a, a few years ago. She made a post accusing him of some bad behavior and, in their relationship, and he replied denying it. And um, it, I don't know. It's just like, what do we really want to say about it? We both thought it was worth mentioning because it's a big piece of news about something, you know, that walking dead fans, Chris Hardwick is Mr. Talking dead. Right. But maybe not for long. So we don't know. (laughs) Yeah. The story is like a day old right now. Yeah. 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 I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Do you not want to really comment or? (laughs) I surely don't. Um, Other than to say that everybody gets to voice their truth. And I support everybody voicing their truth, what's true for them. Yeah. Um, so um, we'll see. It's we'll like see. I said, it's, the story's only a day old, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I know Nerdist, ha- which uh, I didn't realize this, but he sold Nerdist a few yeah. years ago, and yep. they had him listed as its founder on their bio page, and they took any mention of his name out of there. And I, you know, I think they're just like, oh, it's the Me Too era and something came out, we better just in case. I think they even said as much, you know, it's pending investigation. So right. I'm just saying that it's not right. like they necessarily know anything. They just, you know, don't want uh, right. to risk it. But we'll see what happens in the upcoming, you know, potentially um, there could be some huge ramifications for this or maybe not, but we'll see. Yep. All right, next. Now, Lucy and I talked about this last time, but I wanted to talk to you about it. So uh, I I told you guys listening, this is such a big piece of Walking Dead news that's going to be everywhere. So we're just going to talk about it openly and hopefully you guys are all right with that. But it's been reported that Andrew Lincoln is going to be leaving the show halfway through next season. And Lauren Cohan has a a show on um, ABC and, you know, they're saying that she's probably going to only be around for the first half too. So how are you feeling about that? I'm not surprised. Uh, They've 
both been around for the duration and well um him more than her but um they've both worked hard done it and quite frankly i mean they've been on this show for a long time and uh and i'm gonna be sad to see them go i like both their characters but it's kind of a uh, it's kind of also an indication perhaps to amc that they should be thinking about wrapping up the show. At some uh, point. Yeah, I think so too. You know, yeah. she's been around almost as long as him, but one yeah. season less. Uh, but I think for him, I don't know. I, I do feel like Chandler leaving might have had something to do with it, but I feel uh-huh. like he's just ready. You know, he's been on the show and been the lead and he's given it his all. Yeah, and and we. Uh, by the way, if people listening to the podcast are like, "Why didn't you talk about Carl dying?" It's because we did on the Talking Dead cast. Um, oh yeah, uh, hopefully half. you guys have listened to that. Yeah, right. Because yeah, we, we did, did go in depth about about Carl and how much we're going to miss Carl, um, and and what his death death means. So mm-hmm. um, that's why you didn't hear it. Yeah. So with Lauren Cohan, on the other hand, I it seems like they were grooming her to take over as the lead. And then there was all this stuff about her not uh, holding out for equal pay and going out in pilot season. And she got this flashy pilot with ABC about this spy show. And so um, I don't know. I think AMC might've blown it there. Yeah. I think so too. Um, They are. um, I I mean, I don't actually know this to be true, but rumors have been swirling that they are cheap. So, (laughs) but now they're giving maybe giving Rita's twenty million. I mean, if that's Uh true, then they're probably like, oh shit, we're losing everybody. We better fork out over the dough. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Well, there was a poll on Reddit, and uh, there were a few interesting questions. I'll ask you the questions and then I'll reveal what the, you know, poll people, poll answers Excellent. said. Should Rick leave the area or die? Oh, um, he's gonna, I, he'd have to die. He can't just up and leave. I'd love him to up and leave. But, okay. Well, that's what they but, want to know what you want, not what you Oh, I, yeah. I want him to leave. say, you know what? I'm going to go yeah. see, see I, what's I, going on I heard somewhere New York else. City is just fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like, I've had enough of this. See you, chumps. Eight years. <laughs> you, I'm outie. You people. <laughs> no, I don't actually want him to leave like that. I, I guess mostly. Um, I don't want him to die either. Yeah. This it really so, isn't a middle ground. <laughs> le- I mean, leave then, right? So, I mean, yeah. it, who knows how, but maybe him and Michonne could go off. Maybe he goes on a noble quest. Like, maybe they run low on antibiotics and he's like... I'm gonna go get I'm gonna some go find some, and he never. And then comes we just back. never see him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the poll answered forty nine percent leave, fifty one percent die. So pretty close to even. Pretty tied, yeah. Should The Walking Dead end after Rick departs? They should make this the last season. Yes. Yes, I knew you were gonna say that. Seventy two percent of people agree with you. Oh wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Which character should become the centerpiece of the show? Judith. (laughs) Well, 20% said Judith. 12 said Carol. 14 Michonne. 15% Daryl. 20% Judith. And 40%, can you guess? 
No. Negan. What? <laughs> That's Bad what 40% limos. of the people said. Because he was all nice in Carl's dream vision in the garden. Oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, with the tomatoes or whatever. And then the last question is, will you keep watching after Rick leaves? Yes. Okay. What I mean, you could just not watch and still do the podcast. Can I? Yeah. Cool. All fun. right. <laughs> I'll tell you what happens. It's a deal. <laughs> I'll just summarize it. Uh, 36.9% said maybe, 443 said no, and 188 said yes. So wow. A lot more no's and maybes than yes. Yeah. Although, who knows? You know, a lot of people say they're going to not watch a show and then they end up watching it anyway. Well, as you as you said, there the ratings are down, but they're still the most popular scripted television show on regular TV, right? They, uh, on cable. But I cable. think that this is going to be huge downhill from here on out. Oh, really? Yeah, I really do. This is Perhaps. The, the end coming up. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope they go out well. I'm going down with the ship. okay that's it for that now the last item is potentially pretty spoilery i would say for something cool next season that that i was excited to read i I wasn't bummed that i read it but just want to warn you guys in case you don't like any spoilers you should skip to the next section right now to the listener feedback okay so It's been reported that John Bernthal's earlobes have been spotted on The Walking Dead set along with the rest of John Bernthal during (laughs) the filming of season nine. What? So, you know, with Andrew Lincoln leaving, maybe it's a ghost Shane or a flashback or something. Oh, yeah. Cool, right? Ghost Shane. Ooh. Ghost Shane making out with Ghost Lori. Come on over. (laughs) (laughs) It's great here. It's okay. Carl, they're all there. (laughs) Oh, wow, that's crazy. Wait, he's in, um, isn't he in Punisher or something? Yeah. I mean, people do more than one show. You know what? They they didn't see him actually filming, but I presume that they'll have some scene. He's been back before when they were in Woodbury. There was a vision of Shane for a second there. Oh, no kidding. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't remember that. Rick went and infiltrated and there was lots of gunfire and one of the guys for a second looked like Shane to him. Ah. But anyway, that's it for the news. Let's move on to Lister Moans, Groans, and Grunts. Uh. <laughs> All right, this first one comes from Kylie Colvin, who writes, I enjoyed season eight overall, but was frustrated by the Freaky Friday personality crossovers of our principal cast. Is Rick Negan? Is Morgan Jesus? Is Ezekiel Carroll? (laughs) I know you (laughs) talked about it on the podcast, the lack of consistent character-driven narratives as opposed to the narrative-driven characters. Hope it gets fixed for Rick's last season. Wow, that's great. I like that, yeah. (laughs) Character-driven narrative instead of narrative-driven characters. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, we didn't really talk about Morgan that much in our top six and his whole thing with Jesus but I I enjoyed all that stuff too over the season yeah I did I did as well I mainly because I love those two actors right okay Jim F says these crossovers were how I discovered your podcast I've heard that from a lot of people so no kidding mission accomplished that's cool they're fun but also that was one thing we wanted to do is just expose each other to each other's audience 
Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes, it sounded I think, dirty. <laughs> I think it was the season two crossover. If you look at your podcast art right now, you'll see a photo of, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 it, it was the season two crossover. Herschel's infinite shotgun era. I always looked forward to those. Sadly, I've given up on the franchise. Didn't even watch the finale. I think it's time to end both shows. They had a great run and I thank them for the entertainment and I thank you dedicated podcasters, but it's over. The shark has been jumped. Even Lincoln knows it. <laughs> Dark. Wow. Mm. All right. Dedicated I mean, podcasters. I don't even know if Jim's listening the, to this. Yeah. There's the door. You don't let it hit your ass on the way out. Oh, he's not saying both our shows. He's saying fear the walking dead and the walking dead. Yes, end. that's true. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes on to thank us. It sounded like like uh, he wants to move on to, right. to different shark related. Thank you, but shows. it's over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gemma Hall writes: My fave moment of the season was Rick bursting out with a machine gun when Simon and the Saviors attacked the hilltop. Uh, you didn't think Rick was there, and then boom, boom, boom. I love any moment when Rick goes badass. That episode was super creepy for zombie r- zombies reanimating within the hilltop. Poor Tobin. I also loved Rick and Negan's episode in the basement when Negan found out about the massacre of the garbage episode. The garbage people, sorry. Classic moment. I really enjoyed the back half of the season, a uh, back half of season eight, and can and can I just say that Walking Dead without Rick is no Walking Dead at all? I'm still heavily in denial. Yeah, yeah. you're right. People are going to drop off like flies. We'll see. I mean, I'm curious to see, since I'm going down with the ship, what will happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree, too. I like that moment when Nick uh, Negan was kind of posturing against Rick and Rick with Negan and then yeah. Rick casually mentioned about the garbage people and Negan was like what what'd you say god what? damn that Simon <laughs> <laughs> Eric Moss says I stopped watching after Glenn died for no particular reason maybe it was because oh because I thought he was saying he what he stopped watching for no particular reason after <laughs> Glenn died. <laughs> I stopped watching after Glenn died for no particular reason is there any reason to keep watching? I feel the formula has become dull and repetitive. Uh-huh. Can't argue with that too much. I mean, if it's you're listening change. to this, there were, yeah, I mean, I do feel like, man, there were a lot of great moments this season and good acting and everything, but it, this is the key here is the formula has become uh-huh. dull and repetitive. That's the yep. problem. That is. In a nutshell. Thanks, Eric. Mm-hmm. Nick Poblaki says, little plot spread out way too long. Bad action. Poor, poor gun scenes. Please hire a professional to work with the crew. And overall, the worst season of the series. With Bald Move giving up, this podcast is the only one I listen to for Walking Dead coverage. Glad to see your enthusiasm is still there. Kudos. He writes, as I just got done uh, completely knocking the show. (laughs) Sorry, I'm glad you like it. Uh, Did you know Bald Move isn't doing Walking Dead anymore? Uh, I did not. What What are they doing now? Anything? Well, they have a ton of other. Oh, okay. Yeah, every good yeah. show. Yeah, but uh, I, I yeah, I didn't really mention that, but I love those guys, and I was bummed, but I don't blame them because they obviously hate the show so much. But it was really cool to have a podcast out there that's so different from ours. I mean, they were super critical, but also just really smart and funny and in depth and I would listen to them occasionally and I consider them friends. So it's kind of like sad to see them drop off the land, the walking dead landscape. 
You know, there are, as I mentioned before, we're in a golden age of television. Yeah. So there's a lot that you, there's a lot of places you can go with um, podcasting. And so I do not blame them for saying, okay, that's it. This is a sucky show that's not engaging us. We're going to talk about things we love and want to talk about. And they are out there. Yeah. And it's a brave move for them because they do this as a living. And I think that was probably their most popular podcast. But I'm sure they'll be fine. And yeah, wish them them the best. And we, you know, I work with them occasionally. Aaron was on our Legion podcast this year and I hope we have him back again. Okay. Megan Gushalak says, wait, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Megan Gushalak says, I enjoy parts of season eight, but it was pretty all over the place, especially when it comes to Rick. I'm happy we reached a conclusion. That's what kind of what you said. Still not excited about the manufactured drama brewing at the hilltop, but hopefully it doesn't come to much. That being said, I really enjoyed your coverage of the season. Smiley face. Thanks, Megan. Nice. That's really nice. She's really cool. I I talked to her on, uh, she messages every once in a while. Ah, that's nice. Elizabeth Nikolaevich says, all downhill since Alexandria. I've been to the mountain and I hear the fat lady singing. (laughs) Well said. There's a theme here. Sarah Mm. Larkin says, I like the meat grinder zombie kills. It just tickled (laughs) my zombie brain. Me too. The all out war was too long. It could have been settled by the mid season finale. Yeah. But it took last season, whole season, get yourself. <laughs> I would have liked the season more if they spent more on world building than the fight against the saviors. Mm-hmm. I would give it 3.5 meat grinder zombies out of five. Still not bad. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and by the way, the zombies this season look great. They always do. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Susie Kolskar says, overall, I like season eight, but I think they spent uh, too long getting to the end game of uh, all out war. Carl didn't need to die. And I hated that. I am. Also, not sure how I feel about the very end with Maggie, Daryl, and Jesus. I'm still a loyal fan will con- and will continue to watch, though. Looking forward to the podcast. Thanks, man. I mean, thanks, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> Brian White says, there were a few good moments, but thinking back on it, it's hard to separate season eight from seven. Just felt like one long season. God, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay Schlicht says, let's put it this way. I still watch so I can listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's been downhill ride for me since Glenn died. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And Bianca Vargas says, Walking Dead season eight seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> oh my God. It's so <laughs> true. It took us a long time to do this crossover episode with the Talking Dead cast guys. Yeah. I'm glad we did though. Yeah. Yeah. Always. All right, that's our show, episode 315. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you again to Chris and Jason for coming on. Love those guys. Yeah, they're great. I I meant to mention, I I wish I would have thought of it when they were on, but since this podcast started, Jason and I both had kids. I think think Chris's kids are older than the podcast, but uh, Chris and I started our own podcast together for... Ashford's Evil Dead and then it ended because the show canceled (laughs) and we've been to several conventions and he's moderated panels and we've become good friends so that's so nice yeah when we first did this we didn't even know them wow that's crazy yeah what year what year did we start 2011 I guess yeah 2011 seven years ago 
All right. If you want to give us a call, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. And you can email us at brainsedpodcastica.com. You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows like Westworldcast at (laughs) podcastica.com. So are you going to come on with me and David? You should come on this week. Oh, my, oh God, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I listened Jenny to Jenny did. I know. She was so She was wasted. Good. What? <laughs> she, she was sparkly and funny and smart and great. But it's really funny. She, it's so funny. She's the doctor of the crowd. Um, and there's a lot of, between like it's it's a lot of high IQ um, points the <laughs> the three of you all together, um, but it's really funny. She was sort of getting lost in uh, in thinking that that the hosts were humans. Like um, it was interesting. I'm like, wow, you're the scientist, and you're kind of referring to them <laughs> with human qualities. It was so interesting. Uh, I didn't notice that. I have to yeah. Go back and listen. Yeah, she just. I mean, she's a horrible doctor, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she's excellent. She mentioned somebody she, getting shot in the thorax, and I'm like, only a doctor would yeah, say it that way. <laughs> she knows all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, we did Westworld episodes on this podcast, and you were awesome. So if any time you Thanks. change your mind, let us know. Thanks. <laughs> Next <laughs> episode of this podcast will be in a couple of weeks, July 3rd, featuring something. Uh <laughs> I'm thinking I want to go see that movie, Hereditary. Do you have any interest in that? I do, but it's supposed to be scary. I know. I know. But if you end up going and seeing it, maybe you and I yeah. can come back and cover that. Okay. I don't know if you're interested. We'll talk about I am it offline. Interested. Cool. I'm scared to see it, but Me too. it's been getting good reviews. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it messes you up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think we should see it. Did you ever see a movie called, I think it was called Crazy People? No. And it was like they, this ad campaign turned over all their clients to this insane asylum, and the ads that they produced actually were more successful. <laughs> and That's awesome. They made an ad for a scary movie, and it was just this movie will fuck you up for life. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And then there were like one ad was like Porsche for men who like hand jobs from women they hardly know. <laughs> It's so great. But oh my god, it's so funny. It was a dumb movie, but the ads were great. <laughs> anyway, thank I'm glad to talk to you again. Good to talk to you. It was so fun. I'm glad we did it. Alright, that is it. That is our show. Thanks for listening. Don't get bit. Andrew Lincoln, please. <laughs>